Hello, my fan friends. Welcome to another Rahalastapa. This week with the brilliant Jessie Cave. Uh, never properly met her before this, uh, but I'm extremely impressed by her as a human being. Uh, also as an artist, performer, writer, actor. I caught up on all her stuff and it's brilliant. Uh, she's got a new book out. Her, li her live show is, her stand-up show is on um, Soho On Demand, Soho Theatre On Demand. So do check out her stuff. Although it's a very light-hearted and fun chat, for most of the time towards the end, I'm guessing 50 minutes to an hour in. The tonal shift should be obvious, but to give you a trigger warning, some very serious and potentially uh, upsetting subjects are discussed. But Jesse does discuss them extremely eloquently and openly, and I hope you will feel you can listen. But I understand if you want to turn off or don't want to listen to this podcast just in case. That's a trigger warning, my fine friends. I hope you appreciate it. Uh, look, we're doing one more rehearsal for the Clapham Ground. Thanks so much to the Clapham Ground for having us. It's been so much fun. This one is sold out of physical tickets, and sadly, uh, we cannot sell any more because um, we're still under restrictions. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. And you can buy live streaming tickets. Watch it live online from the comfort of your home or someone else's home, uh, if you're Matt Hancock. And um, it's only £12 and you can get to see me talking to Robin Asquith and then talking to the off-menu chumps, Ed Gamble and James Acaster. £12, two shows, and that money will really help out certainly the Clapham Grand, um, who have been dark for a long period, of course. And also it would be a lovely way of thanking us for uh, all of the free podcasts over the last year as well, which has been a little bit of a tougher time for us in some ways here at... Sky Potato Towers, um, but yes, if you feel you can, if you feel you can afford to pay twelve pounds, and if you feel you want to see that show live, do feel free. It will, of course, be out as a podcast eventually, anyway. But it's a few weeks down the line, and I can't guarantee you that stuff won't be cut out of the podcast. But it won't be cut out of the live stream because that's how live streams work. Head to top dot com slash gigs or the Clapham Grand website to pick up your twelve pound ticket to see both those shows online. Let's sit back, relax and enjoy Rahalastapa with the incredibly impressive Jesse Cave. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Clapham Grand. Please welcome a man whose kids have lost all respect for him, but they have no respect for him anyway. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello. Wow. There's even people up there. It's absolutely jam-packed social distance. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Love to see you all. Thank you so much for coming out. Welcome to Richard Herring's Loosening Silo Taps podcast. Um, got to come up with news. There's so many podcasts. You've got to come up with new ideas. Uh, what we're going to do each week is find a silo. We don't know what's in it. We're going to... I don't even know if silos have taps on them. We're going to loosen the tap, and then we'll find out what's, what's inside the silo. That's what, that's what, that's what Though I was talking to the man and lady from the Mastermind game box, not the, the game with the pegs in it. I feel I might have used them before, but, you know, it's hard to... They call it realistic, but anyway, so uh, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, yes, uh, it's been a nice week. Um, we're sort of slightly getting out into the world again. 
being a little bit spontaneous, I spontaneously took my daughter to a fun fair uh, on Saturday, which was uh, lots of fun. And then we went back yesterday on Sunday because had, we'd had so much fun. Uh, and my daughter was determined for, to get this. There's a big toy unicorn. She's obsessed with unicorns. And she wanted to win it. And I said, it'll be impossible to win it. And she said, go and we'll go. And we went to the stall. And the lady there, my daughter, six-year-old daughter, said, can I ever go? And the lady said, you won't be able to do it. I'm going to tell you now, you won't be able to do it. You had to knock down six cans. You know, but you have to knock them completely off the shelf, right? And so, I said, and so she was very nice and didn't try. You know, it's nice to have an honest person at a fair. Yeah, don't, don't do this. It's a waste of money. And I said, well, maybe I can have a go for you, Phoebe. And she said to me, you won't be able to do it. So... And I said, well, I think I probably will be able to do it. <laughs> she, was, she really didn't want the money, so I had to go, and I missed. The, the cans were there, and I was here, and I missed with the first two shots and, and hit them the second time, but none of them came off. So you could see my kids, the little respect they had for me. My wife said, I don't understand. You were so close. She can't get out of it. She's mad. I guess none of them can get out of it. They're all... Uh, and we went to see... Um, we went to the British Museum to see the Thomas Beckett exhibition. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is classy. Um, I studied uh, English history at university, and basically all I remember from that time is the question, uh, how did the death of Thomas Beckett affect Anglo-Papal relations in the 12th century? Don't remember the answer. I imagine not good... Don't know if I, I don't know if that's what my essay, essay said. It's quite a good, um, but you know, given I've got I've got a two one in history from Oxford University. I don't mention it, Oxford University. Um, and the, I discovered something at the Thomas Beckett exhibition that I did not know about. That, that there was there was a king I'd never heard of, King Henry the Young King. I was very. Have you heard of King Henry the Young King? You're very clever people. No, I'd never heard of him, and I was confused because Henry the Second. And then they were talking about King John and his son, Henry III. I was going, but oh, what about King Henry the Young King? You just mentioned being crowned. Surely he's Henry the III. He's not. He was King Henry II's son who was crowned during King Henry II's reign, but was, is not an official king. That's not right, is it? He should, if he's been crowned, he's King Henry III. The whole of English history is wrong. And I have decided that I am now going to retrospectively go back and bump all the kings after Henry II up one. It'll be confusing for a little while, but... So King Henry the Young King is King Henry III. King Henry III is now King Henry the IV. King Henry VIII is King Henry the Ninth. It's all right, I'm Henry the Ninth. I am. You have to change a few things. It's easy to remember because King Henry the Ninth had six wives, six, six to nine. Six, it sounds a bit like 69. Kids will remember that. They won't they'll remember it. So I think that'll work. <laughs> No one else is doing the old King Henry the Younger King stuff, are they? That's what you come, that's what you come out to see me for. Not doing any material from pre-COVID times. <laughs> and that's what you get. Oh, I did a joke on Twitter. Uh, Piers Morgan um, tweeted today that he'd, had a, he'd, got, he'd received a letter that had just been, he said, uh, addressed to Piers Morgan national icon. It looked a bit like it might say something else. Um, uh, and he said, it still got to me. Uh, and I tweeted, yeah, but the same is true if you just put wanker on an envelope. Proper joke. <laughs> that's what people want. They don't want the King Henry. That's the thing. You guys love the King Henry, the Younger King stuff. It's not commercial. 
Right, well, crack straight on. It's so, I can't tell you, it's so lovely to have a, an audience back doing these. It makes so much difference. Um, I'm wearing trousers and everything, so it's very, it's, that's the main difference. And I can no longer masturbate under the desk whilst I'm talking to Richard Osman. I can't say, be careful when you say, that was a joke, I didn't do that, oh shit. It's over, it's over. You can't even joke about it now, can you? Can't, you can't even say that, because if you say it, that's it. And I've said it, so that's it. You can't even say it. <laughs> that's the thing, these white podcasters are finding, we can't say the stuff that we just carry on saying. So, my guest this week is probably best known for her performance as a water nymph in the film Inkart. Will you please welcome the amazing Jessie Cave, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is. Come in, sit down. Hello. <laughs> welcome. How thank are you? Thank you. I'm, th I'm good, thank you. Good, I'm all right as well. Well, I've, I'm, I've had a bit of a cold, but I'm getting over it. Oh, it's, good. It's better than last week. Have you been COVID tested? Uh, nah, I just thought, give it. Just. Okay. <laughs> Good. You've Great. had COVID, though, yeah, right? I've so had we're, it. you're I'm safe. At, yes. Well, I'm, I'm half safe. Or, or dangerous? Yes. Yes. When did, how long ago since you had COVID? Um, a long time now, so it's like, you know, a few months. It's okay, fine. fine. It's fine. You're, pre well, you're probably at risk. No, it's not. Well, my son was tested and he had the same thing, so I'm guessing. Don't worry, I trust you. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. That's, that's, <laughs> how it that's just how it should have worked from the start, Jesse. We should, I, if you trust someone, you should be allowed to talk to them and do what you like with them. It's true. That's what Boris Johnson showed. That's sort of what he did. Sort of what he did. It worked out pretty well. Um, <laughs> well look, it's lovely. Do you remember being a water nymph in, uh, in cart? Yeah, I, I actually, I think about that every day. Do you? Just because um, it was like my first job um, as an actress. Well, my second job. Uh, and I, I was water nymph three. Mm -hmm. And um, there were two other water nymphs. Anyway, to cut a long story short, basically I got an eye uh, cyst, boil thing, because okay. the director, I was very young and innocent, and um, there was like a, a, a hot tub thing, which they were making out as a lagoon, um, you know, like with plants and stuff. And um, we had to go in, and it was warm water. And we were in these like nymph outfits, and the two other nymphs, one and two, were models, like very tall, very pretty models. And um, but they were very stupid, like <laughs> very, very stupid. And um, the director kept shouting at us, "Right now, just just bob bob up and down in the water." And they just couldn't, they couldn't understand. <laughs> and so they, their dresses kept riding up, and they kept complaining to the director, like, "We can't." we can't go under the water. And I was, I was like, well, I can. So I kept like bobbing myself. And he was like, yeah, yeah, can you go under the water? Can you go under the water and then, and then look around and we'll catch you underwater with the camera. And I was like, yeah, I can. Of course I can. Because I was so, like, so happy I was going to get a close-up as a, you know, an extra and a supporting artist, whatever. And um, basically I didn't realize that the water was very unsafe. Right and very dirty and it was warm water so whenever I, and basically I just got this thing that I couldn't so I was very happy for the close-up but then I actually had to have a minor operation <laughs> um, and it kind of it was really really awful right good <laughs> well, I'm, glad, I'm glad I brought yeah, it back up you. again thank you very much um, <laughs> it, I still think of the knife going in and it's just really horrible <laughs> yeah so a knife going into your eye to my eye they had to they had to get it out yeah 
I've had a testicle removed, so fuck you. Uh, so it's, uh, oh, did a knife go in your eye? You still okay. got the eye? Oh. Yes, I, I still have the eye. But I, ha I, I do have a little bump. Okay. You probably don't have a little bump. I don't have a little bump. <laughs> no. There was, a, there was a little bump there for a while, but then okay. I all decayed. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. It was a very exciting experience. You'll hear a lot about it, don't worry. I wasn't going <laughs> to bring it up this podcast, but... Oh, I was going to bring up my eye test, so... No, there you go. That's what, that's what we get. Was, yeah. Well, you know, look, it's, that's, that's, it, that's a good story for best known for, because often people can't remember even being in the thing. You were a county-level swimmer and a tennis player as a youngster as well, so was that, was that how you became a water nymph, because of your swimming prowess? N no, not no. at all. I was just wearing pink jeans, and the casting director liked the jeans, and <laughs> this is like an aligned... This is honestly how how ridiculous the industry is, I think, at some points, when you're wearing something and a casting director likes it, they just, they think you're good. <laughs> yes. So that's why. Yeah, no, I was, a, I was, a, I was actually a national tennis player. Um, I, I was a can swimmer too, and I, I, my mum was very, very good at, you know, I, 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 me and my siblings, we, we were all, uh, athle you know, athletics. Yeah. Athletics which hasn't stood me well <laughs> in my future life. <laughs> I was very unathletic, I have to say, so I'm, I'm impressed by that. Um, and one of your early jobs, we'll, talk, we'll get this out of the way, was uh, in a film uh, called Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, mm. which you played... Uh, my wife loves Harry Potter, <laughs> uh, and I, we once had to play Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit at Christmas. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I, didn't, I couldn't do anything. And oh. I, I hate... I hate... Harry Potter <laughs> and everything about it as a result. You played Lavender Brown, the important character of Lavender Brown, probably one of the main what characters. Uh, I don't know. You're like my boyfriend. He literally <laughs> stubbornly doesn't know anything about Harry Potter. He thinks I played Hermione. <laughs> it's really annoying. I've watched them all. You've watched them all? Yeah, but you know, I've been in the, the room character. when they're on. <laughs> that might, that might, we started the w watching with the kids and then they got really scared of the first one really quickly so my wife went oh this is probably a bit too soon yeah, for the but, three year old yeah for the three year olds that's, that is too soon but now like six and four my kids are finally like really liking them so I but they don't they don't I said oh which one's which one's your favourite film then which one out of all of them they know that I'm in the sixth one and they were like not the sixth one <laughs> So you came in sort of late, so you didn't have... Because I'm sort of fascinated by that weird experience that those that the cast must have had through their, having their whole childhood on that same set. Yeah. So it was like being at school for most of the most they, of Yeah, the they were at school on the set. Yeah. So they grew up there. It's, it's, I found it really fascinating too, because I was 20 when I did the job. So right. when I turned up, I it was like an institution. It was... It was it was, they were a family, the, the whole crew and everyone on it had been on it for, most of the crew were on it for, for over 10 years. Yeah. So I did feel, it was, a, it was very obvious to me that I, uh, I had to kind of be liked. I had to kind of, and, they, they, and win their trust. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. 
<laughs> and they didn't like me. Um, but I think I think I think Rupert Grint liked me, but I, Emma didn't. I don't think like me. Well, that's because you had to kiss. I saw that. I saw a little. Someone's helpfully put together all of your bits into one YouTube video. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you had to kiss. You, ki you were kissing old uh, Ron yeah. Weasley. Nice. I don't think that's why she she didn't like I me. To be was. fair, no, I know I know why she didn't like okay, me. Okay, why? Um, because she I have said this before many times, but I just I hope one day she hears. So, I don't <laughs> <laughs> but she basically I was a slightly older than her, and she wanted um, she thought she thought she seemed to like me at the beginning, and she thought I was a bit cool. So she thought I would have some tips about restaurants. <laughs> So she was like, do you know anywhere to go in Soho that's cool? And I just panicked. And I was like, I just, I don't know any cool places. I've never <laughs> been to a cool, so I was just, I was like, and I remember there was just this restaurant that just opened up off Tottenham Court Road, which is still there and it's yellow. And I thought, oh, it's yellow, it looks cool. <laughs> that will be fine to recommend to Emma Watson. So I was like, yeah, oh yeah, there's this amazing place. Like you have to go. Um, <laughs> And she, it was basically a, like a noodle bar. Right. Um, like fast food, basically. Yeah. I didn't know that when I recommended it to her. <laughs> and um, she went on the Friday night, and she came in on the Monday morning, and she came straight up to me and was like, I went to that place, and I got mobbed. She basically got mobbed. Right. Because <laughs> everyone recognized her, and she had a terrible time. And genuinely, after that, she didn't really talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see a point, but it's... It's not such a... It wouldn't would be funny to anyone else, but she, I, think, I think she was quite upset about it. Well, she should... I've got the same size hands as exactly, by the way. If you, if, she, if you ever see her, <laughs> if you ever see her again, say, if you need a hand twin, Richard Herring has the exact same size hands as you. How do you know that? Because they're handprints at the start of Harry Potter world, I... which I had to go to with my wife, who loves Harry Potter. <laughs> and I put my hand in, and it's an exact... It's like Cinderella, like... It's like I thought something would open up. You go, and then... Wow. And you get secret cool. access to the, the stars part of Harry Potter world. So that's her. Does that look familiar now you look at it? <laughs> Was that like, why did you take me to that noodle place? Boom. Was that... Uh, she probably doesn't even remember. I'm, so she... she I'm, it's really horrible, as, stubby hands, isn't it? Like, um, stubby little hobbit hands. So she she's has got. the same width fingers yeah, look as at that. Same, everything. There wasn't a gap in there, that's the I'm whole... I'm sorry, I don't think that's, that's true. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just don't believe you. Because she's dare very, you? She's dainty. I know, but her hands, she's got a big... I'm not saying her hands are not dainty. I've got tiny little <laughs> child hands. So they'd be, these would be dainty on a woman. You're looking at the rest of me and thinking, oh, he's a butch, <laughs> okay. huge man. But look at the hands. They're very da they're dainty yeah, and I, well, quite thick. Well, I never, to be honest, I never really studied her okay. hands. Um, I just would have thought they were very elegant. Not that your hands aren't elegant, but, you no. know, they're not ballerina's hands, are no, they? I don't think she... That's why she's... <laughs> if you watch her acting, always got her hands in her pocket. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch Cinderella. You have a look around. Oh, no, not Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. The fine oh, yeah, she's in that, isn't she? She's in that. Yeah. So, um, uh, she's, yeah, I, won't, I, I have to stop talking about Emma Watson just in case. <laughs> it's all right. I have so much. I could, I could just talk about, I could talk about Emma she Watson She should forever. know about restaurants. She, you should be going, what 20-year-old A knows what cool restaurants are in Soho? And B, what film star doesn't have someone telling them where to go? I, I know, but I think she wanted like a down-to-earth recommendation, and I gave yeah. her that. She her that. wanted to be mobbed by loads of people. Oh, you sent me to that place, and oh, I got recognised, and everyone was saying how great I was. It was terrible. 
No, I do. I, I did kind of feel uh, over the period of time I knew them, and I did know them now for, like, for a couple of years because yeah. I was in the last one as well. I just die in that one. But um, Interestingly, your character doesn't die in the book, but it does in the film. I, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, that, that's probably an indication of how well you were, how well liked yeah. you were. That's good info. <laughs> um, but yeah, every day someone comments that under like an Instagram that has absolutely <laughs> no relation to anything. And like, why didn't you? Why did you die in Harry Potter? <laughs> Whatever I do, that will be the first comment on everything. Anyway, um, no, but I did feel like I did feel really sorry for them as um, as children. I felt sorry for their children selves because. I do feel like they would, that was taken away from them. And they yeah. did have a nice time, and they're all still doing acting and seemingly very happy and successful. Mm. But um, I did immediately feel, okay, I don't want my kids to be actors right. ever. Um, and I, I, I just, I could sense that, especially from Daniel. I was like, oh, you, you, you would have been such a, I don't know, I just felt really sorry for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, I feel sorry for them. But they're also very rich, very very rich, multi-billionaires. They are so rich. Yeah, like they are so rich. Yeah. And you know what's also amazing is that I was thinking about this because the they are so rich, and they were there every day. But you know who was also there every day is the rest of the kids who were there. Yeah. In the background, they're not rich. No. But they were there. Their their childhoods were massively altered too. I mean, they weren't as famous, but they had to go there every day. Sure. Like, so I just find that slightly unfair. Also, who's not? You know, there's. Okay, I'll just stop. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly got you to open up there and say stuff. (laughs) I'll get you. I'll get you. I should have come to this later when I won your trust. but you know you can't. But they can make money on. There's all this cameo things, and there's there's uh, Harry Potter conventions which you've been to as well, haven't they? So yeah, I've I've had to stop going yeah. to them just because um, I find them I feel too dirty afterwards. I just feel like <laughs> really. Also, it's not like anyone's really wanting me to go and do a convention apart from the person who's booked me for a cheap rate. Like I can get <laughs> get Jessie, and she's she's desperate. Um, and so you turn up and there's all these like really famous people who are really should be at conventions. Yeah. And then you have a you have a <laughs> you have a stall with your name and your photo and you you're next to like, you know, established people who are very famous and they all have long queues and you have no one. <laughs> you have no one in front of you. Like one person occasionally comes up and asks you for the directions of the toilets. And <laughs> someone feels sorry for you who's working for Comic-Con or something. And they're like, you can sign this for me if you want. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> it's, they're really soul destroying. Yeah. So I won't be doing them again. But yeah. yeah. But, but then it's good, you know, because I don't, I think, well, I don't associate you with Harry Potter, maybe other people do, but, you know, because you've done other stuff as well. So I think, like, the thing is to be, if you are, it's much harder, I think, if that was your, like, if you were one of the twins from Harry Potter, that's, that's their life, that's it. Yeah. There's no, there's no but way I, back. But I, at first, I kind of was, I, I kind of judged them for, for making so much money from conventions. Right. So many years later, like, 14 years later. Um, but then, when I started going to them, like, I don't know, I went to a few in a row, for some reason I was booked, and I thought, oh, I can go to Germany, or I can do this. Um, didn't realize it wasn't, it, or, or I can go to Paris, didn't realize it, it actually, it was, it was nowhere near Paris. It was a, it was a hotel far away from Paris. <laughs> but um, when I eventually, and I saw the kind of, how great they were to their fans, they were so, 
they had such a nice time, they were so nice to everybody, and they really just were so good at doing the conventions. I kind of was like, oh, this is, that's great that yeah. they can do that. Also, they can't really act, so <laughs> it would be, you know, that's, they need that, they need, that. it's nice to. I'm not gonna bitch about the twins. <laughs> I know, I'm allowed. <laughs> I don't wanna get them on. Actually, I would really love to have them on. They're really nice. Oh, it's good, I'll have them on. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You, good, I will. I mean, that would, that would sell this out, like massively. Do you reckon? I'm yeah, not the, sure. The, the, <laughs> the Phelps twins, the Phelps twins, would, that would just be amazing. You should yeah. do that. Okay, I'll, I'm going to do it. I wish I could be cool and be like, I'll get you in touch, but they don't like me either, okay. so. As long as they've never listened to this podcast <laughs> and don't listen to anything that I've said about them before, we'll be fine. <laughs> and as long as I can get through an hour without just mocking them all the way through, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Good. Your well, wife look. would like that one. <laughs> Your wife would like that she one. She would love that one. You should do well, it. She hasn't come today, has she, to see you? <laughs> she hasn't oh. come today. <laughs> She's probably looking after your children, to be fair. She, you know. She's not even doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she's not very well. But that's not why she didn't come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> So let's have a look at just where you began because you actually went to drama school to be a stagehand, did you? Or like you trained to be a stagehand before deciding to be an actor, which is, oh, well, is I was that true? Kind of. I was at art school right. and um, then I thought oh, I'll do set design or something or learn to be a oh, stagehand. Okay. But then I, um, I, I basically, my, my little brother was with a kids agency and my mum thought that it would be a good idea for me to, because I was very thin at the time, and I'm not, she was basically, she associated being an actress with being thin, <laughs> which is actually very accurate. Um, <laughs> and she was like, oh, you're, you're thin at the moment, you're thin, because I just dropped out of Manchester University and I was like very stressed. So you're thin, we should do something with this, we should do something <laughs> with this. And I was like, yes, what should we do? I'm thin, what should we do? And so then I auditioned for this kids agency. And again, I was wearing these pink jeans that I only ever wore. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we like the pink jeans. We'll sign you. We'll give you a two week trial. And in that two weeks, I got the audition for Water Nymph 3 right. and um, a Nokia advert. And then my third audition was Harry Potter. Wow. So by this point I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be a stage manager. <laughs> uh, which again, I would have liked to do, but by that, that point, I was like, okay, I'll see what happens. And nothing happened really after Harry Potter, so I went back to art school, and that started off my weird career of yes. like doing a little bit of acting, but mainly doing other stuff. Well, it's an, it's because it's sort of you are a comedian, but you're more than a comedian. You're, you're well, so you've got uh, I've got a couple of your books here, and one of them is based on uh, the show, which is at Sunrise. Yeah. Which is um, also available as uh, right now at Soho on Demand, which I watched yeah. this the other day. Fantastic show! I'm so embarrassed that you watched it. Oh, you shouldn't be. It's great. You do it. You did a socially distanced version of this show to your sister. It was. I mean, that's as socially distanced as you can get, really, <laughs> just to one person. But it really works. I really love the uh, sides of the camera and all that sort of thing. But once you've, it's sort of a weird thing. The, the uh, it was uh, Marilyn Ricecup who did. Um, her special in her garage to nobody, mm. basically, and looked like a madwoman as a result, <laughs> which, I mean, I think she is. Uh, and, but she's fantastic. But it's like a lot of, to do, a, I guess it's a slightly more theatrical show, your, your show, so it sort of works without, like, having to have... I was just so relieved. Yeah. I felt really bad, because um, initially we were going to do it with an audience the year before, 
Um, but I, and then that didn't happen because of the, the pandemic and everything. And then they said, do you want to do it again? But we can't have an audience. And um, I just, I was so happy to do it without an audience because it's just, I, I'm not a natural performer in any way. And um, I only, I, I tend to perform better when it's to my mom or my sister. So it was just a natural thing to do. But it did make me feel really guilty that I, uh, when I, my boyfriend, who's a stand-up, I, I was like, I'm not going to do it to an audience. Isn't that great? <laughs> and he was just so, like, I could, he so loves performing to an audience. And he so appreciates how valuable and how important they are to the show. And I kind of felt like, oh, I don't know, watching it back now, the show, I do feel like there is something missing. And it usually was the fact that there was people there and it gave it a different energy. It really does. I mean, you know, they are, in the audience in many ways are an inconvenience that I, <laughs> that person, that I hate, I sort of hate them. <laughs> but it is, having done a whole year without them, I kind of grudgingly respect yeah. the money they give to me. Oh, no! <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it does make a difference, but I didn't, I didn't, I, it didn't bother me at all. In fact, you know, it, with other things I've watched, I've sort of thought, oh, it's taken me a while to get through the bumpy ride of a performer performing to no one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, it didn't really feel like that, because I think you staged it very well. It's very nice. But it's a very, it's a, it's a very raw and you know, open account of your, like, sort of your neuroses. How, how true to life is it? Because it's sort of... You know, it's, you're very, you're honest in a way that people aren't honest about the, the internal monologue, basically, of being in love with someone or wanting to date someone, all the things that you're not supposed to say and do, you sort of say and do in this, <laughs> in this show. Um, like, the conversations between the puppets, so yeah. me and Alfie, my boyfriend puppet, or ex-boyfriend, and then, they're, like, they're, verb they're verbatim. And they're only verbatim because I, they were so awful when they were happening. Like, they were kind of they're ingrained into my brain. So it was really easy to write them down. Um, and I didn't write it at all with any expectation of doing a show. I wrote them down as a form of, like, dear diary um, mm. thing uh, to try and get better, because I was just so heartbroken. Um, and my mum was like, you need to go away from, because my children at the time were 18 months and two and a half, and I was, you know, we were broken up, and I was like, very stressed, and she was like, you should go away and you should do something on your own, uh, basically to, to, to write. And I just went and I sat in this hotel room and I just started writing all of the conversations I had to try and get a sense of what had happened, because mm -hmm. it was just so weird to me that we were broken up, because we had these children together and we loved each other, and so why were we broken up? And so it was just me finding my way, finding my way was yeah. a way of writing it. Um, so unfortunately, the whole thing is absolutely true. Right. Um, and I now, being older and uh, I don't know, being more cautious in public and things, I like, I just can't believe I did it. Yeah. And I can't believe that I did this show so many times, and I can't believe that I, it, people are now going to watch it. Like that's terrifying to me because I just I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. But I am also so glad that that version of myself did have the wherewithal to write it down. I think, but that's it, it's, it's you know, it is, it's sort of heartbreakingly honest and, and it's sort of, I know you're, I know you're a part, you're, you're together, you're back together yeah. again now, right? So, it, and it's, uh, you know, the, the disparity between your two outlooks and stuff and within that and you're, you're watching you 
really being in love with this guy who seems to want to go and sleep with other people, which is annoying to you uh, for some reason. Um, and, uh, you know, it sort of feels just sort of, heart, it's sort of heartbreaking to watch, but it, make, it makes it fantastic theatre. But I think that's it. It's, it comes from this real place, and it's, it's performance as therapy for, for you, but I think that also helps the, the audience if they're there. To, yeah, to and I also was so obvious to me that the people who liked the show were people who had gone through yeah. something similar and I think it's something that people don't really talk about very much they think that you just have a I don't know unconventional relationships aren't I don't know the fact that you can love someone and also want to sleep with other people I think that's something that people don't really talk about very much yeah. and um now that like uh, yeah we we did get back together and um, now we have another baby and it's it's still a really unusual weird relationship and it's something that we can't really i don't know it's just i think people are quite excited by the idea that you can m maybe have a different type of relationship yeah well that's you know it is it's modern in that way and you actually you basically had a baby from a one-night stand with without yeah, well that's, words, I, words, I think words. the foundation of the relationship yeah. was just always so ridiculous yeah. <laughs> that um, it did is kind of just followed that so you can get pregnant the first time yeah can don't listen to them when they <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know, it's that's I don't, well, it's, it's it's lovely, and the and the book version of it is so different as well because it's obviously. I mean, you've got the cartoons in the the animations in the in the live show as well, but it's just a beautifully presented book of this. You know, it's oh, a sort of yeah, you. like bizarre little love story, and then it's you know you're back together. So it has a happy ending. I didn't at the time though, and I think I needed to really believe that we weren't going to get back together yeah. in order to get back together. Because sure. I genuinely, from the day that we broke up, I was like, oh, but we'll get back together in a day or so. In a couple of weeks, um, kind of cried breakup to, and and then eventually it just happened, and then we were like, okay, well we're actually doing this, and he went for it, you know, like he really had a good breakup yeah. compared to my breakup, <laughs> you know, he 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 get, got through a lot of 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 w women, and um, I, I mean, t to such an extent that it was like <laughs> embarrassing walking around, and it it he sh he should be ashamed. Um, <laughs> And even in, what we didn't add into the recording was that halfway through the show each night, I would say, I would ask the audience if anyone in this room has fucked Alfie Brown. <laughs> and genuinely, a couple of times, I'm sure that there was like a, that somebody was in there who had. Right. Um, and <laughs> just, we couldn't do that in the recording just because I think that's just, that's not fair. Not with just your sister there. And not with just me. <laughs> That that could have ruined that could have ruined the show. Yeah. She flirts with him though. She fucking flirts with him. Um, but yeah, so. Well, you're safe with this audience because yeah, most hopefully. of them have not had sex with anyone. <laughs> so it should be all right. It should be okay. Occasionally have sex with each other, and that's something that you really don't want. It's so nice to have the audience back, and it's so it's so much fun. So much fun to have the audience back. And similarly, Love, Love Sick, which is predates this show. Or does it predate the, predate the show? This is your car. Yeah. This is what you were doing. You did a Drew a, a cartoon a day on Twitter, was it? Or just all... all yeah, back... Put them out? Like, when Twitter... Like, ten years ago, I would start... I would do a doodle a day, and then I, somebody wanted to publish them, which was really nice. But, um, yeah, I don't do that as much anymore. But now, my drawings are kind of... I sell them, and I do hand-drawn... Uh, personalized ones and it's kind of my like 
my most steady income that I've got, <laughs> nice. which is kind of nice because it's like I genuinely love. I think I, I think that's what I should be doing. Okay. I think I think I don't think I should be doing performance in in any <laughs> aspect of life. Um, so it's nice to have that. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but you do, you do a lot of performing and you do a lot of acting. You get a lot of acting jobs. I get so, maybe one a year. But that's still pretty good. There's a lot of actors who don't get one a year. Yeah, I know, I know. I am very lucky. Yeah. But, then, but they have dwindled into m- girl wears glasses who says thank you. <laughs> um, and occasionally, like, a few more lines. But I, I'm kind of fine with that now. And I really enjoy the... I, I, I appreciate the whole thing now. Whereas I think before I'd be like... But I, uh, but I can act, so why aren't I getting that job? But now I'm like, it's just it's cool to be there for the day or a couple <laughs> of days. Or and then when you do get a longer job, I'm, I genuinely I'm like, I this is too much. I don't want this. This is too much. <laughs> it's just so stressful and yeah. it's so so tiring. And then with children as well, it's just like filming is not compatible with children in any way. So I I kind of I'm quite I'm. I, it's quite nice being able to pretend that I'm glad about not getting work. So I still would accept it. <laughs> but I agree. All, all the jobs I get are, are like a day. Acting jobs are like a day or two. And it's, it's still too much. <laughs> it's always cold. It's cold and early. Like a 4.45 pickup. Four. It's, too it's early. four. Yeah. Usually Nick Helm's dad or uncle <laughs> or something. And that's it's upsetting because nice. I'm only 13 years older than him. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did two. I did two films. I thought you said I'm only thirty years old. Thirteen like, years older. Thirteen. I did two films with Nick Helm this last six okay. months, where I was playing an elderly, an, el- an older relative of his. Um, see, casting directors. It's casting directors. It is casting. They just see me and think, "There's an old <laughs> Nick Helm." No, they just don't. I don't. I genuinely think <laughs> casting directors just are slightly. They just. I never get. I don't stuff trust like, them. I've got both those jobs on uh, Instagram. I only joined Instagram last year, and I got two jobs on Instagram. That's how. Really? Yeah. See, Instagram is just the best thing now. <laughs> it's powerful. It is. Um, right. What else? Could, let's ask you an emergency question. Uh, I'm going to ask you: Have you ever seen a ghost? Because you know, apart from me and Harry Potter, that doesn't count. Um, I think I. I believed yeah. I did at the time. Yeah, you definitely have, Jesse. Yeah, okay. You cool. definitely have. I did. It was in my grandma's house. <laughs> yeah. It was it was white. It was white. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it was moving. <laughs> so I don't think it that 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 is stupid, isn't it? Because if you're gonna see a ghost, it's gonna be just like an outline. It's not gonna be like a, a cartoon ghost, is it? It might have been someone in a sheet. It might have been, but yeah. no. 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 It it just was a white thing moving. But I was eight. Was it a dog or cat? I've got a white cat. No, <laughs> no it was big. It was, it right. was like my height. Okay. And it was moving down the corridor. Okay. What the fuck was that? I don't know. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. A ghost of a sheet. A dead sheet that had come back. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, so I do, I, I, I think I did see a ghost. Yeah, okay. That's what, I, I, that's what I'd have guessed. Um, is, the, is this like a test? And who says they have seen a ghost? You're just like, okay, they're an idiot. Yeah. Okay, great. Just, you know, I, there's a certain... It's basically a long-term experiment, and I can usually guess who's seen a ghost and who hasn't. I've, Do you think I'd seen a ghost? I think you'd, I thought you'd have seen a ghost. But I've got... I, I've, but also, like, and once you're sleep-deprived and you're a parent, I've seen... I'm living in an old house, and there's loads of ghosts in my house. <laughs> So, you know, I've obvi- I'm obviously mental as well. That's all I'm saying. 
that's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Um, I'll do another emergency question. Where are my new ones? Oh, this is why. Oh, there's something in this. I, I asked Jackie Weaver. You don't, you don't have the authority, Jackie Weaver, about this, and she hadn't done. Do you remember? She couldn't remember. Do you remember the last time you got to sit in the seat on a shopping trolley when you were going round the supermarket? <laughs> do you remember, like, the last time? No. I remember. I remember, like, not being allowed to do it anymore, <laughs> and being. I was 28 years old. I was. I was. I was remember being too big. I know. I, I brought this up because I'd take my daughter to the supermarket. She's six, which is quite big six, and she wanted to go in the seat, and I could just about get her in. But a, it's hard to lift her, and b, there isn't enough room. Oh, she's going to be so upset. Yeah, it's a heartbreaking moment. That's why I'd wondered if you remembered it. If you could have like a shopping trolley manufactured that was big enough for an adult, <laughs> would you would you like to go back round on the? T- I, I would like to do it again. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm sure around. that would be such a that would be such a good thing. Yeah. People should do that. Yeah, that should be created. Okay, we'll do that. Let's set that. you and I can set that. Couples up would be just <laughs> going around together, just <laughs> having all fights. I want to go and see. <laughs> I don't know if you have to go with your with your own parents, though. Whether, you are, <laughs> yeah, whether my elderly parents have to wheel me around, <laughs> and I'm trying to grab at stuff and put it. No. I, just, it was, I remember it being hard. That's why I remember it. I just wonder if it's a thing that other people remember. No. I was in. I must have been eight because I was <laughs> in West. It was. A, it was in whatever the supermarket in Western Supermare was, and my mum said you're too big to go in there now. Aww. So I was eight. <laughs> I was little. I was a little eight. Um, well, I don't want to have to say that to my. So he's six too. I don't want to yeah. have to say to him. He's very small though. Is he? Yeah. I mean, I, I can barely lift my daughter. She's so, she's so big. <laughs> I can bear, like, you've got to lift them quite high because they've got to be able to kick their legs. Aww. So you've got to properly lift them. I can do it, but... Yeah. <sighs> so you don't ever, not like, carry them walking now? I do, but that not for very... For, I can, the boy I do, but with her, if she can <laughs> go on my shoulders and I can do that for a bit, but it's, if you have to lift them and manoeuvre them, they grow, that's the problem. I think girls are bigger than my son is the same weight as my four-year-old. Right. So she's like, yeah, I think maybe girls just develop so much no, quicker in every single way. They're, be- they're better <laughs> in, in most ways. My son's they an are. idiot. Yeah. He won't listen to this. <laughs> I'll be dead by the time he listens to this. So. <laughs> I don't, you're a fucking idiot. Stay asleep. Stay a fucking sleep. <laughs> prick. No, I don't want to come into bed with you. <laughs> I, d- I do, though. I've started something really bad in lockdown, which is let them watch The Simpsons. Oh, yeah? We, we, they've watched every episode of The Simpsons, and they do now know the word sex, which is awful. And my six-year-old, I, I can't help but find it funny. He, um, he responds to everything by saying, no problemo. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the Simps- I think The Simpsons is good. Mine are watching The Simpsons. It's they- fine, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, good, because some parents, are re- I, I, st- I said in the playground, and they were really judgmental about it. I mean, they do talk about sex. That's the only thing. And drugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we do that in Yeah, exactly. House, so. It's fine. I don't think they know what it is, but no. they definitely know the word sex. So whenever, yeah. like, if he sees us kissing, he's like, stop having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I should correct him. No, they, well, they find, they're at school. They find out this stuff anyway. Yeah. My, okay, daughter, yeah. my daughter called Jeffrey the giraffe a wanker when she, was asked <laughs> des- when she was asked to describe it, but she didn't know what it meant. Okay. I don't think she got that from me. <laughs> Would you rather be Kate Middleton or Meghan Markle? I've changed my Prince Harry and Prince William question. 
but not just for gender reasons. I'm going to ask Johnny Vegas that as well. Oh, I just I want to be both of them so Do I can you? know the truth. Okay. I just want to know. I'm so obsessed with because um, I've heard so many different like rumors about who like I I love Megan and I just the, watching the Oprah interview was just just I just loved every second. Um, and it was so long as well, and I should not have stayed up that late watching it, but I just did. And um, but then I heard that actually she's just amazed. She's she's managed to. Apparently, Kate Middleton is actually really nice, and right. apparently, Prince William is is evil. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. No, it's but he's not like Prince Andrew, but he's not that. He's not Prince Andrew level. They're all over eighteen. So, but the problem is, I like them all. I yeah. like them all, but there must something must have happened. Yeah, but what do you think? Would you rather be the one who's going to go on and be queen, or would you rather be the one who's in LA doing their own th that's free? I just think I I just you can sense how excited Harry is to be free of of yeah. his reins and he all of the stuff he's doing, something all of the podcasts he's doing and all of the shows he's doing. He's just so open. And it's just staggering to listen to because you're like, but he's a he's a royal. People don't, you know, we don't know anything about Prince William really. We don't know what he's like in a conversation, a long hour and a half long conversation on a podcast. We don't know what he's like. No. Whereas Harry has immediately let us in, and um, just think of all the opportunities that Meghan and him now have. They're going to have a lot of good stuff yeah. and fun. So I think I'd prefer to be Meghan. Mm, maybe, be interesting to see, wouldn't it? But I, I do, I do kind of feel sorry for Kate. I do. Yeah, and she's, she only wears kids' face masks. I read that little fact the other day in a, something. <laughs> they, took, they did a photo of her with a face mask that was really tight, so it was going into her cheek. They're like, Kate Middleton knows best. She only wears kids. <laughs> she only wears children's face masks because they're the most trendy or something, something so <laughs> stupid. But seeing this just made me feel so sorry for her. So like, get an adult face mask, Kate. You can do it. I just feel really sorry well, for Do they even have kids' face masks? They, they do. Don't they? I don't yeah, think the kids no. had to wear them. No, no, no. I don't know why they make them. It's probably they've got a load of kids' face masks and one made thought, oh, fuck, no, kids don't wear them. <laughs> Sell them to Kate Middleton. Exactly. Tell them it's trendy. Them. It's yeah. literally the emperor's new clothes. That's literally <laughs> what it is. So you do a podcast. You've started a podcast in lockdown? We started between lockdowns. Okay. Um... Yeah, like we've done 25 episodes on our first live podcast. It's just such a different thing. I, I really respect it. Not that I didn't respect it before, but I now kind of know how it's all, it's, it's a lot. It's just a lot. Yeah. To promote it and to keep doing it each week and to like create an audience and to be consistent. It's like yeah, a really Don't worry about being consistent. Okay. Don't worry about being consistent. Yeah. I think you're quite consistent. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. Okay, just keep going. Yeah. But also doing it with my sister is kind of a nice form of um it's quite cathartic and therapeutic and yeah we've i think our relationship has improved because of it is it you know I've, i find it so there's a few people who work with siblings and are very clean you're clearly very very close to your sister is it is it all plain sailing are you are you that close that it's plain sailing or is it is it difficult to work with a sibling i find it very difficult to work with either of my siblings no we have we have like horrible fights yeah regularly um we're, like we're horrible to each other, but that it's we're we're able to bounce back very quickly. Yeah. And so, our, we we don't have um we just we see through each other. So it, it means that if one of us is having a w bad day or like is not in a good mood before we start the podcast, it's so obvious 
and um, we can ruin each other's day, you know, completely with one line. We can ruin each other's day. So we're quite, we're now quite careful about making sure that we're on the same level before we go in. Right. Um, and we have put out a couple where we've clearly just had a fight and like BB's like raw from crying and <laughs> I look just like deranged. Um, but they're also quite, I'm really glad that we've got that on camera because it's just, yeah, hopefully we don't fight like this forever. And we definitely have calmed down. Yeah, I mean, that is, but that's hopefully for what most people's experience of brothers and sisters is, is that, you know, you can go a lot further and it springs back, hopefully, to, to being able to carry on. Because, yeah. you know, I suppose families are, that's, that's why I just said, families are so, you know, it's, it's, it's such a, a, a weird thing where you've got you've got this experience of growing up and living with people and it's insular and hidden away and then to bring it out into the actual world and show it to everyone I suppose is you know interesting yeah and it's not that our target audience is sisters but we definitely have a huge the majority of the audience is 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 female and usually they recommend it to their sister yeah. so that's quite nice it's quite niche but it's really um, a particular relationship I think with sisters and I do find that you're either close or you, you hate each other yeah. I don't I don't know many siblings that you know oh yeah I'll see you next in six months like you're either gonna see them a lot or you don't ever see them yeah if you like them yeah yeah um, but I do think we're lucky me and BB because we're, there's ten years between us where my other siblings are much closer and they're boys um, so it's yeah I think that that age gap was always really good for us, mm -hmm. and she's. I just. I find her so inspiring the entire time. So. See, I don't like that. I don't like it when si when siblings like each other that much. So it's, I'm, I'm glad you're arguing as well, but you know. We argue a lot. Yeah, we good. Well, that's all right then. Yeah. I just don't like the clo the closeness of siblings. Well, I I know what you mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean, and it's not like the fam. We're not. We're like an absolutely imperfect family. So it's like we don't worry. Don't okay. worry. Good. That's good. Um, and you were both in a film together, so you, you played the same character in a film, Great Expectations, is that right? Yes, yeah, she was... She's the younger version of... Yeah, she was 14 and I was 24, and she played young Biddy. Right. Um, and my role, which was bigger than hers in the screenplay, um, it, it, I was cut quite substantially, <laughs> so she was actually a really big part in it. Did your character get killed, even though it doesn't no, in yeah, the book again? Right, just Killed off. Oh, yeah. she's 24. Oh, she's dead. She yeah. died. She's dead. Yep. Straight away. No, they just cut a really nice scene. I was really upset about it, but now I wouldn't be upset. By the time it was like, it was just, I felt so embarrassed. I was like, oh, it must have been really bad. But you don't realize that it's a long, they, they can't keep everything when you shoot everything. Yeah. And I just didn't know that back then. Or I was awful. What's, I can't really, I think I know Great Expectations, but what, I don't remember what the character was. What's, she's what's... like the young, she's the childhood sweetheart of the lead character, Pip. Right. And they, they, have a lovely friendship and she's basically in love with him and oh, yeah, he goes yeah. off with the pretty Estrella. Estella? Yeah, Estella, Estella. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the part you wanted. Yeah, you want the pretty girl part. <laughs> you don't want Biddy. I get a lot of Biddies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you've written a novel as well, so which I haven't read. It's not out yet as we record this, but it will be out as this goes out. So that's called Sunset. Yeah, that's But great. it's nothing to do with sunrise. No, apart from, no, nothing, nothing. Apart from it's kind of based in um, a real life experience, sure. and, but it's, a, it's fiction. It's about sisters. 
Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, that was the kind of a, an ordeal doing. It's horrible writing books. It's really horrible. I think I, mean, I haven't done a novel. I, for, for everything I've I've written, I've just found writing books the hardest thing. It's just it's so overwhelming at yeah. every stage. It's unnecessarily hard. Just you, do something easy. Yeah. Do podcasts. Yeah. They're easy. <laughs> I kind of feel stronger for doing it, though, so I'm really glad I've done it. And is it, is it a serious novel, or is it a comedy novel, or is it...? No, it's very serious. Is it? Yeah, very serious. Okay. Not, like, in writing style, because I'm very basic. It's very basic. <laughs> it looks like chiclet, but it's not. Okay. So hopefully people who like chiclet will buy it and then be, like, surprised. Okay. But it's, it's, it's going to be sold as Harry Potter chiclet, basically, which yeah. I'm fine with now. All you I need know, to do is I get know. people to buy it. It doesn't matter if they read it. It doesn't matter. I've got loads of books that I've, I'm never going to read. But yeah. I've, I've bought them, so the author's won, haven't they? That's the way yeah. I look. And I really think <laughs> cover is vital. Yeah, it is. So we All just did a really nice cover, and it looks really nice. So if no one buys it, it doesn't matter. I don't mind. I wonder if you get away with just having nothing in it. Yeah. And, still, and like, some people will go, come back and go, can I have my money back? Because this is... This, <laughs> This, but most people just, I got that book. I'll read that eventually. Yeah, I reckon you'd make enough money from the people who are buying it but not reading it. You'd have to be quite clever with, because obviously you would see that it's got nothing in. But that, that would be a really good, like, test. Yeah. Just Water put shrink wrap that. it, shrink wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. could put in, just put something on the front page. No, you'd have to do something so when they flick it, they would be obvious of work. There would yeah. be, you know, things That's on too the much work. You might as well write a book if you're going to fill the book with something. No, just copy and paste from no. the internet. It's got to be completely blank. Okay. Well, that, I, I, I don't think you would fool anyone. I don't think anyone is that stupid. Sorry. <laughs> I have more faith in people's intelligence than you do. <laughs> I just think people are, are lazy. Um, good. Right. I'm trying to remember what time we started, but we've, got, we've gone on for ages already. Oh, good. Yeah, so, so it's good. We haven't got that long left. It's gone, it goes very fast when it's live, I've, I've realised. Sometimes when, it's, uh, when I'm at home, it feels quite long. long. <laughs> it feels quite long. Um, you were in Nightmare. I was interested you were in the, the Nightmare Revisited. Yeah, with so, Izzy City, who you've got on next yes, week. Yes, she's coming on next week. She was so nice. That was the best thing about it, right. was meeting her. Yeah, and she was writing a book as she was doing that. And I remember her saying, it's really hard. Hmm. And I didn't learn from that. It's too hard. Mm. Don't do it. She's really lovely. She is lovely. And she's, yeah, she's got her first novel out as She well. has. She'll yeah. probably talk about it now. I mean, you yeah. can talk about her I novel if you I want. I can promote her novel. I've like heard it. it's just going to be completely blank. <laughs> and she's just going to see if people don't complain. I could, actually. She yeah. sent it to me. It's really lovely. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I've done better at promoting Izzy City's book than I have mine. It's because mine's about grief, and it's kind of like, this is like a fun, nice chat, and so I don't want to just like suddenly start crying, so that's why I'm trying to just glide over the novel thing. Okay. Yeah. We'll, gl we've, we'll glide we, over. We'll glide. It's fine. You're going to have to talk about it, I know. You, but that's the problem. I, I know, but I think I'll be prepared. Okay. I'm not prepared today. All right, well, I'm I won't. leggings. I won't. I'll talk to you. Oh, I'll try to talk about Nightmare, and you've brought it back to novels. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just, she was so good, and yep. she loved Nightmare, so I was just, and I didn't, I was kind of a slightly too young, so I didn't really. Right, yeah, I wondered as, about that. Yeah. So you didn't know what it was. I, I, I'd seen things, but I'd never been a fan. Yeah, I mean, it's rubbish. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> kids walking around in a, not, yeah. it's not even real. But the, they got... Um, These people don't even know what it is. No, I don't think now, but they, at the time when YouTubers were... Um, 
there were some really massive YouTubers they got to be involved. Yeah. And so that was quite exciting because I'd never met real life YouTubers. Right. And they are <laughs> like aliens. Um, speaking to them, I was just kind of, they, they had, YouTuber bought them like a flat, a huge London flat, central London. They had made enough money off their YouTube videos to just be rich at, at 18 by just doing YouTube. I was yeah. just, at that time, I was just like, my mind was blown by YouTube. Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel, but I do, I, they, haven't, they haven't given me a flat. <laughs> I make 16 pounds a week. Of, I've started putting adverts on. It costs 3,000 pounds to film each one of these when we film it. And uh, oh, someone's ringing me up. Hold on. Just go check it. It's, uh, well, Johnny's, uh, Johnny Vegas is a bit late, so I think it's just, uh, they should know that I'm doing. Oh. Oh, my God, this is exciting. Did you want the exciting news? There's been a crash en route, not with them in it, has slowed them down. They, not, they haven't crashed. So the estimated time arrival for Johnny Vegas is 4.45. Let's keep talking. Okay. Uh, we, can do a bit, we can do a bit longer. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is, we, Johnny Vegas is overrated. We'll, do, we'll, is do, we'll do 10 minutes with him and we'll do two okay, hours sure. with you. Yeah, no, I've got loads you don't have to, it's okay. I've My got mom is a massive about. Johnny Vegas fan. She loves Benidorm. <laughs> so she really, really wanted me to meet Johnny Vegas oh, today. Right. So that dream has been crushed. Oh, he's great. He's the, be he's the best. He's lovely. You know, I, you know I'm joking. Um, there was something I want to talk about from the, from the show where you said that you don't like Music or films? <laughs> Is that true? Um, you know, I, I do obviously like music and films, but I find when you're dating someone um, that those topics become so fraught because yeah. that suddenly you're going to be judged for your opinion of things. And what if you just genuinely like Frozen? Um, or, you know, Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like an art house film person who only listen to Fleet Foxes. Yes. It's just going to be awkward. Yeah. Um, so I, I found myself when I was dating, um, I would frequently just have to just, as soon as the topic came up about, you know, what are you into? What are your hobbies? I'd be like, I don't like films or music. <laughs> and that would just hopefully just shut things down. Yeah, but I like that. I don't really like music that much. I, <laughs> I kind of think films are okay. But then the older you get, the more you think films are largely rubbish as well. But I'm not that into music, and I completely agree that it just feels like... And the people who really like music often really hate sport. I'm ambivalent about sports. I don't really like anything. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if they went... They, you know, they, they put so much of their identity into the music that, and then laugh at people going, yeah, I support this team, and it's, the, you know, it's what means... And they'll laugh at that without realising that it's exactly the same... Exactly. Exactly I, the same thing. I just I find it really difficult. I like I like most things kind a little bit. Yeah. And I don't really love any particular like genre of film or music. Um, but do you not think on a date to say that would actually be good? Because I think there's the pressure to pretend you like interesting things until you let people know the real you later on when they're hooked exactly. In. And also I feel like I didn't have time to talk about films or music. I was like I've got two very young children at home. I've got two hours to be out. I'm not going to talk about a film for half an hour. Yeah. I want to know if we're going to like have another date and possibly have sex. That's all I need to know. <laughs> um, so it was everything in that period of time was like 
were like sped up. Um, and I do think quite often when you're dating, um, you, you get overly concerned with, with what they like or what they do or what music they listen to or what they have on their walls in their bedroom. When I think that luxury was taken away from me because uh, getting pregnant after having a one night stand and suddenly, you know, I, it's not like I chose uh, this person to be the father of my children and to be like a huge part of my future. And I, I didn't choose that. I didn't choose his ankles for my kid to have <laughs> or his, you know, his lack of sporting ability. Um, but, and, and, and that's been brilliant because it's meant that I just suddenly just, there's a shortcut to everything. It's like, it actually doesn't matter if his ankles are shit and he can't play football. <laughs> and, he, you know, because, and I don't care that actually Alfie is, is, is completely incompatible with me, yeah. like on so many levels. It doesn't matter because we, we like each other. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot to be said for it. I mean, that's how it you know, is for some cultures. You just get thrown together with yeah. someone that's randomly chosen, almost. I think at first, because now we've been together for like seven years without the break, with the breakup, um, when people would be like, oh my God, it's like you had an arranged marriage. Yeah. And I would be like, no, it's not. No, <laughs> don't say that. I would be like insulted, because that, that shows that, oh, maybe we didn't love each other. I don't want to like... But now I'm actually quite... I think, actually, that's... It's great that we were thrown together because we it does work. Yeah, I also think like my uh, my parents' generation, they bait, my parents have met when they were thirteen and fourteen and, and have oh. been together ever since. But you basically just went out with the first person yeah. you met and often stayed with them your whole life, or, you know, for a long time, and you just got you could make the most of it. And I think about relate, you know, there's a lot of time relationships where I was thinking, well, this one's not going to work, this one's not going to work, and you'd go through people after people, and then once you get into someone, you've got kids with someone or are married to someone, you can't just go, oh, I don't like this bit. You have to work through it. And yeah. that's actually how relationships work out. I think there's a chronic um, need to know everything about somebody now with yeah. all the apps and stuff and to like, like um, kind of do a, a screening before you meet them yeah. um, rather than you know even meet in real life. I mean, that's been really hard for people who are dating in the pandemic and stuff, but it, you don't need to know everything about the person and you don't even need to like everything about the person. There's like, I mean, I sound really <laughs> unromantic, <laughs> but I kind of, I, I just, I think I would have, I'm really glad that it did happen this way because I think I would have gone on, like going on dates and thinking, well, that's not quite right or that's not quite right or this isn't the right time or, yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter. No. It's, you know, it's a very, it's a very interesting journey you've taken. Yeah. With but once you've got kids together, that's even regardless, even if you'd never, like, wanted to see him again, yeah. you would, unless he was a, a complete arsehole or, you know, ran away, you were going to see him for the rest of your life. And once you've got kids with someone, that's, that's, yeah. you're, you're connected anyway, at least. Yeah, exactly. And I think during lockdown and stuff, there's so many times where I think we would have, there's so many times it's been so easy to break up in lockdown. I mean, everyone's been, I think, pushed to such, you know, their extremes. And so it's been so nice as well to hear other people having problems in relationship and be like, oh, yeah, it's been a bit hard. It's like the fact that we've managed to survive and, like, be happy together and in love still is like a massive success with this period of time. Yes. And not, to not have killed each other is a massive success. Yeah, in the I, last year. I agree. I agree. You know, I feel like that's... I've been with my wife for like 13 years and we've been married for nine, no, yeah, <laughs> nine. Yeah, I, was the, uh, you've, I think that, that year was like a real, for a lot of people, was 
that, oh dear, this isn't worked out. This isn't, yeah. <laughs> this isn't as good as I thought. And so, you know, it's nice to come out going, yeah, this is like, all, this is better than it was before. <laughs> yeah. And also to have time apart suddenly is like a luxury. Yeah. Whereas it was so enforced, the whole thing. I, and, and you realize how happy you are when you've, now that there is more space. It's like, oh wow, we just needed to not see each other. That's all we needed <laughs> to be happy. Yeah. He's in Lisbon. <laughs> I sent him to Lisbon, and he's having a great time. Okay. Is he doing something out there, or have you just sent him No, I, I genuinely sent him away. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just have a time part. Yeah, it's great. that's nice. I sound like I don't love him. I really do love him. That's good. We're moving I think house. I think you, you definitely love him. I mean, from the, from the stand-up show. But it's like that, it's like, oh, you know, she loves him, and does he love her? So it's, well, it's nice, it's worked out. I hope he does. Yeah, no. I hope he does. You're too good for him, but he's all right. You know, no. That's true of all relationships. No, no, no. Um, pointless Celebrities, how did you get on on Pointless Celebrities? I won that. Did you? First go? I punched Ed Byrne. Did you punch him? Yeah, accidentally. Oh, I think I saw you punch yeah. Ed Byrne, actually, now. He was, he's not happy about that. <laughs> when you were celebrating a correct answer. I just, he so wanted to win. Yeah. So I don't understand that about people on something like something so trivial. But he was he from the get go he was paired with me and I felt bad for him because I don't know anything, <laughs> and so I just was being overly apologetic in a like a jokey way. Oh, I'm really sorry, Adji. I'm I'm stupid. I don't know anything, and he was not amused. <laughs> like he 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 was like what 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 do you mean? And I was like oh, I'm. I, just, I, don't, I hope I do okay because I don't really know anything. And again, he wasn't amused. And um, then luckily I managed, I, I froze doing it where they, we had to talk about, um, there was like a thing about countries and borders of countries. And I, when I'm in a stressful situation, I freeze and my mind goes blank. And I genuinely forgot what, it was, what a country was. <laughs> I was like, country? Country. <laughs> What's a country? And I whispered to him, what's a country? <laughs> and he just, he didn't, he didn't respond. He just stood looking ahead like I was the ghost. And then I just panicked and I just said, Brazil? <laughs> and luckily it did really well. That was a country. It, it, was, a country. A, it was a country with a, border, with a long border or some shit oh, okay. like that. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then when we won, I was so relieved that I had, I, you know, Ed wasn't angry with me, that I did this, and I punched him in the nose, and I know he was livid. I just know he really was angry with me, but he couldn't respond because we were obviously on camera. Yeah. So he had to laugh it off. <laughs> <laughs> and he, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. I could see the anger in his eyes, and he was not fine. <laughs> well, it, well I, was, I was tweeting, but I've been tweeting about Tenable a lot, which is a, an afternoon show I've been watching because I've been in bed uh, and um, and he immediately tweeted me said if they ever do a celebrity version let's do it to be in a team together so if we are I'll, I'll elbow him in the I'll face yeah elbow him just at some point he's, he's very he's a very keen quizzer yeah you know I can take it or leave it that's yeah. the thing with me yeah yeah. I'm just not that bothered. I, but I can take them or leave them. So I felt kind of, he, 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 was, he was very happy about winning. Yeah. But what annoys me is you've got a pointless trophy and I you know. don't know what a, what a country is. I know, I know. And my, my daughter, on the morning of um, show and tell, 
uh, we panicked and realized we don't have anything for her to take in. So she wrapped up the pointless trophy and show and um, bubble wrap and took it in. And um, the, the teachers said at the school gate, I'm sorry, that's a weapon. So you can't, have, <laughs> you can't take it in because it's pointy glass. Wow. So it was apparently very irresponsible. I was like, mine's I'm one pointless mine's, mine's all square. Yeah, it is square, but it's obviously... Oh, because of the edge. Could she could hit, get hit, someone with the edge. She could hit someone with it. Yeah, I mean, that's true of any object, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I don't think four-year-olds are allowed to take glass into school. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I was very interested as well in your show. You talk about have a, a treadmill exercise class, and I would like to do that. Where do they do those? Oh, my God. It's called Barry's Boot Camp. Okay. I haven't been since I had a baby, um, but they, and, then, and they've really suffered in the pandemic. Right. They were, like, so successful, and they basically have, it's in a dark room, and they, they, the teachers scream at you on the treadmills, and then you have to get off the treadmills and do, like, burpees and stuff. Oh, I don't want to do that. I just oh, want to be on a treadmill. I just want to be on you a treadmill. You could do double treadmill. Okay. You could do like, you could, some people do double floor or double treadmill. Right. You, you would die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you very, can't do that. I'm very, I'm very. No fit. one can do that. I'm sorry. It's really hard. They, it, anyway, I could not go back. I, okay. I'll take me a year before I can go back at least. And yes. I can't afford it anymore. So. Well, you're very sporty. So that's, 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 uh, that's probably why you're. I just like being told off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with, with, with like in, um. In sporting situations, I like being kind of directed quite harshly, just because it reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> so, you, you, there's, I mean, there's been a fair amount. We haven't got onto tragedy. We're not going to talk about the trip, but there's been a, there's been a fair amount of tragedy and, and and unpleasant experiences in your life, and you seem to let it. It seems to not breeze over you, but you seem to be taking it very well. Do you what? Do you, do you feel that? That's simmering underneath and it's actually going to come out at some point or is it is it i don't know i think i'm quite practical um and especially with creative things i'm very practical yeah. so i know that um work gets you through things like it helps you so i've always i'm always doing something yeah um as a kind of a distraction and i genuinely i think it helps i think it's therapy i think what creative things are therapy so i'm just quite good at being disciplined about making work as a, as almost, a, I'm desperate to do it because I need to, I need to get better. Yeah. Okay, so like my brother died in 2019, um, and that was just like, obviously the worst thing that could possibly happen to us as a family. So I immediately got a book deal, and I immediately started writing about death, not him, and it, I, it's, it's, it's fiction, but it's, it's about grief. P partly because when it happened, I didn't find any creative things out there that were helping me. And I'm not saying that the book will help people, but it definitely, um, there wasn't very much about sibling loss uh, mm. that I could read that wasn't, that was fiction. It was all non-fiction, you know, like manuals of how to, what to do in the five stages of grief, which is just bullshit. Yeah. So, um, I, I, and, and it's completely helped me. I mean, I'm obviously still, I mean, I'm very early on in the grief process and mm. I'm still incredibly depressed, but I, I'm very good at getting up and doing stuff and I think that's partly because I have children and I have to mm -hmm. and probably why I got pregnant again to have a baby so we can have this like joy thing um, but yeah I'm, I'm it's always very close to my you know everything could collapse in a second everything could go yeah so try and do as much as you can in the meantime sure yeah I mean I think it's it is interesting it's just the it's sort of 
Yeah, it's it's just whether you, whether you, whether one when you would because you know I'm I, I haven't had anything massively tragic in my life happening so far so you know I'm lucky in that regard. But when I've tackled serious subjects, it definitely helps. But you kind of wonder whether it's a deflection and whether something will come down the down the line. You know, not not just with your brother, but the other things that have happened to yeah. you as well. Yeah, but then why not? Like if it, so, yes, yeah, so sunrise. We talk about um, rape. I, I, I don't know if you do trigger warnings. Do you do trigger warnings? <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I, isn't the, isn't the, the trigger warnings the same as saying it? As well, far I've as been I'm told <laughs> of so many times about yeah. trigger warnings, and I don't understand them. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I was raped when I was 15 by my tennis coach, yeah. and um, again, I think that set me off on a completely different path because I was like, "This is awful. What am I? Is this going to ruin me now?" And I remember watching SMTV the the morning after and watching it, and obviously being like distraught and I remember saying just watch SMTV just watch SMTV because then you'll be able to like get through that and then you get through the next thing so yeah I've just I've just I've been weirdly practical yeah. with everything that's happened yeah this has taken such a depressing downturn it has luckily we've got a bit of extra time exactly. because of Johnny being late so we can up now. Yeah, it's really going to be funny if you in want five to read minutes. about rape or death just buy yeah. my stuff <laughs> you know but it's you know you've you it's it's admirable that you, you know, it, you've, you're, you've, that you've a not backed away from it. You've, you've uh, confronted it and and also talked about it. So I think, I think it's, you know, that's interesting. But it's also then it seems like, I don't know. You sort of you sort of say in the show, uh, don't worry, I'm all fine about it, and it's all this is okay. And well, I don't think there's very many people out there that are talking about rape in this kind of way. Yeah. And also, I it's it's not talking about. I don't at all go into detail about what happened. I literally just see somebody that my, the man who raped me, who, who he dated, I remember who he had dated when I was 15, and she happens to be teaching Barry's boot camp yeah. that day. And I see her, and it's about what I, in that moment, after not seeing her or thinking about him for a long time and being relatively okay, um, it's in choosing whether to now break down of seeing this woman or confront her and ask her if she knew that he was a rapist. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not, I kind of sidestep the rape bit and I, it's more about the social etiquette there of like, is she gonna, is she gonna lie to me or is she gonna be honest yeah. about the fact that she knew what he was like? And the same way with, um, I, I think if there's, if there's a way of, I don't know, for girls out there who, who this does happen to very young, it, it doesn't mean your life is over. It doesn't mean that you're ruined. It doesn't mean that you're never gonna have sex and enjoy it. Like there is so many, you're gonna, you can be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think people are scared of that because they immediately paint you as a victim and they think, oh, well, she's ruined. Just, you know, don't, don't count her in to the joy in life because mm. she's had this thing happen. And that's just so inaccurate because sure. there is so much joy to have and it's like, and especially, as with death as well, like we're not ruined. I'm not ruined because my brother died. I can still do things and sure. still be happy, but also this awful thing has happened. And um, I don't think there's enough out there that is a balanced kind yeah. of... Yeah, well, I think that's true. And I think, the, again, the show, it, it's a, you know, it's not a, it's not a depressing show. It's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's in, in a very interesting and raw and visceral show and you get, there's a lot of emotion in it, but it's sort of entertainment and it's not, it's not let's all be sad about the terrible things that happened. It's very much let's enjoy <laughs> the, the funniness of life as well. You know? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. And, and find 
and find the funny in those moments. Obviously, yeah. you don't want to find the funny immediately after something bad has happened, but this happened when I was 15. Mm -hmm. um, so I am able to see funny aspects of things happening yeah. now. Obviously, I'm not making light of rape, and, it, and some people don't get over it, and it is life-changing, but um, there, are, there are different scales for it, and I was, I was one of the lucky ones. Mm. And, and as a result, I'm able to kind of like probably make really bad, uh, offensive jokes, which shouldn't be allowed, um, and talk about it way too openly and too quickly, like on the first date with Alfie, the one that I got pregnant, I probably spent 95% talking about rape. <laughs> um, that's what happened, like yeah. I just, I speak too freely about it, because it, it happened to me, so why can't I? I think that's true, and I think, you know, but also everyone's allowed to respond to stuff in the way they want to respond to it. So, you know, people are allowed not to talk about it, obviously, but I think, like, I think I've found talking about stuff in my life and hearing other people talking about stuff in their life is a great way of communicating and helping. And I've found laughing about things, the bad things in my life has been a great way of getting through it. Now, some people don't like you make, some people don't like a joke, even in, a, in the, in, you know, the far distance of a subject, even touching on a subject, and it's not, that's not up to anyone else to decide. I mean, they can decide not to come and see a show that has the jokes like that in it, but, um, you know, yeah, but you're, this, this, um, this, this, the show that we're talking about is not in any way making light of the subject. In, in no, but that was so embarrassing to film as well, because when you're doing it live in front of an audience, you can, they trust you that they've, you've made them laugh a minute ago, so they kind of like, they trust that you're going to make them laugh in... But when you're just saying it to a camera... Yes. It's so much more intimate and direct. And I found that that was the only bit of it watching back. I was like, I don't want that in there. But then I had to have it in there. But it just felt way too personal. Yeah. But this, this, that, that whole show, and that's what's... And, and, the, and, the, and the book as well, the, um, the, the cartoons... I think there's just, it's the honesty in it and the honesty to portray us. It's not a side, you're not portraying this is my best self, you know, this is, you're, you're picking out those neuroses and the, and the, and the within the cartoons, the, the ways you deal in, one deals within relationships and says one thing and does another. And it's really great to, to see that openly stated. I think especially for anyone who's thinking, am I, is it weird that, you know, I want someone to text me back immediately or anything, you know, the, those tiny things in, in relationships. So, you know, I think I, for me, it's, it's, it's great. And it makes that show um, uh, very, very um, electric, I think. I think the whole, the whole thing of it, because I think you're, because it's still, it's not, within the show, it's not even concluded, you know, your, your, your light, you know, that, that it's an ongoing thing you're talking about. So it's, it's because of that rawness and that openness, it's sort of a very interesting thing to, artistically experience because you're still left thinking oh I wonder what will happen to them and yeah. you know and when she's older what will she think of this and yeah so you know it's it's I, I I definitely think I will regret doing it but I'm really <laughs> glad that I did now yeah. but that's you know but that but I think that's also the thing with with doing a stand-up show that's a personal thing you don't, you know, you don't know how you're going to be in ten years or fifteen years. You don't know how the world's going to be in ten or fifteen years, and things have to be judged by what the, the, where they're from and where they came from. So, you know, totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. I'm going to win it back. You've you've trumped my <laughs> bloody bollock now, haven't you? That's the thing. That's, I, I thought I was winning with the bollock, and going to have to come up with something better than that now. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. It's it's no. It's really interesting, and thank you for talking about it. It's really um, uh, cool for you to talk Aww, about. It.
Um, I feel like everybody in this room hates me, so <laughs> that's really sweet. Thank you. Um, Ah, oh, yes, there we go. That's nice. That's very good. Thank you. Let's ask you, a random, let's ask you a random emergency question that could be anything. Okay. Oh, oh God. Oh, yeah, you, but most of them are just so... Um, <laughs> um, okay, here's a good question. At what point... Yeah, this is interesting. At what point of decay do you throw away your underwear? I've noticed, by, by the way, that my son's underwear is like basically just some string with... <laughs> Like in the rough shape of some pants that we can still just about get away with putting on, and he's still happy. So yeah, it's fine. Sew it back together. Yeah, I don't, I don't even do that. Just <laughs> if it fits on. Um, I still have underwear that I've had since I was a teenager. Have you? Like awful taste in bras and things like. But if it's a, if it if it fits me and it's I like I like how it feels. It doesn't feel uncomfortable. I never throw it away, and I don't think I ever will. Okay. But they, they, they look disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so I now have to have like a separate thing for when I know that I'm not, no one's going to see me in my underwear. I just wear the underwear that I want to wear that I've had since I was probably 12. Yeah. And then if I know that it's actually going to be seen, I, 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 like, I, I wear it for the smallest amount of time possible. So I even <laughs> say to Alfie, like, okay, are you ready? <coughs> and then I, I couldn't get on and then I go in and then that's yeah. it. It's like literally five minutes. Hate it. I hate underwear. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I used to go if like if your like a bollock was actually hanging out, <laughs> then I'd throw away. But I would regret that now. <laughs> Those could still have been used. Threw quite a lot out. I don't know where I I went through a period last year where a lot of my pants were going through at the same point, where there was just like which was sort of around the balls. Like there was a hole, and I couldn't work out is it just what I'm wearing. And I don't know whether, because one of my balls just got gradually bigger and bigger until we had to take it away. Uh, and I just don't know whether that was, they, they were all, whether that design was just because my ball had been rubbing against and had rubbed them away or whether it's just a coincidence. I don't know. I don't know, Jesse. Do you think you've got troubles? Um, oh look, we've done, we've done, we've done. It's been, it's been really terrific to me. I, I, I'm a, you look so I'm relieved. A huge, I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the, everything you're doing. It's really great, and I'm really looking forward to the novel. Um, I do recommend the books, and uh, and do you can get the live show now and stream it straight away. And by the time this is out as a podcast, you better buy the buy the novel as well, which I have not yet read, but I'm very much looking forward to. So thank you very much. Thank you. I'm sorry I've depressed you. No, and was, everybody in the audience. I like being depressed. Okay, good. Good. My life's so good. Like, <laughs> I, like, I like to bring it down every now and again. Um, is there anything else coming up we should look out for? So that no. if that's, we've, we've, no. that's it. That's just, it. Just, just my book and my show, Sunrise and Sunset. Yeah, brilliant. Which is very unoriginal. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. Sun in the sky could be next. Sun just, sun, up, sun sun just up noon, 11 o'clock in the morning. You could do that. Sun yeah. at 11 o'clock. <laughs> Sun's up. Sun's Sunlight. 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 Okay, I'll yeah. do that. Sunlight. Yeah, we've, got lo we've got loads of ideas. We've got the other thing we have to do as well. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please give a massive <laughs> round of applause? Amazing. Jesse Cave. Thank you. We'll be back at some point. Have a drink with Johnny. You have been listening to Rahala Stupper with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Jesse Cave. Thank you to Scant Regard for this beautiful music. Uh, I'd also like to thank and I'm indebted to Ben Walker, my producer, um, and Chris Evans, not that one. 
uh, as well as everyone at the Clapham Grand. Thank you so much for having us and the wonderful welcome you have given us over these few weeks we've been with you. Uh, this is Guy Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Head to GoFasterStripe.com slash um, badges and you can become a monthly badger. You will get all the info on the guests for the Autumn Run of Rahalastapa at the Leicester Square Theatre ahead of everyone else. Plus a ticket link before everyone else so you can buy tickets before they become available to the non-badge scum. And all of your money goes to make you more podcasts and you get loads of extras as well. So what, what more do you want? Thanks for listening. Bye.